fans. We're here on a day where we must wish Happy Hanukkah to our Jewish friends and family. And also, we are near to Christmas, and we have a special holiday activity to talk about with our guests. We'll talk to our guests from the Metro Theater in just a moment. Then we will talk about the prom around 30 minutes. Around minute 42, why there are movies we didn't see. Around minute 45, Wolf Walkers. Around minute 51, Wild Mountain Time. Around minute 56, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Around one hour, Midnight Sky. Around one hour and two minutes, The Godfather Coda, The Dissident, Assassins, The Bee Gees Documentary, and The Hill Documentary. Around one hour and ten minutes on DVD this week, Tenet and Beast Clawing at Straws. And then around one hour and twelve minutes, I went to the Disney Investor Meeting. Our guest, Julia Flood, Artistic Director of Metro Theater Company, and Joe Fowler, who is the Managing Director of the Metro Theater Company, And if you listened last week, I sang their praises about all they do in St. Louis for young audiences. So now they have a special reading, and it's abridged, of A Christmas Carol. And they have, what, how many, like 30 stars or 30 celebrities reading? I think it's it's about... 36, but there, there are also some children and some pets. Oh, yes. Yes, dogs. (laughs) Hey, if you ask some people, their pets count more than their actual spouses. (laughs) Yeah. So it's a, so the number is a little, you know, it's hard to get an accurate count, but reading, I believe it's 36. (laughs) All right. So we're going to let you two tell everybody about it. And I just want to say, I watched it last night and I was very entranced, but it was beautifully filmed and put together and sharply edited, but it had a real, even though it's virtual, it had a real uh, sincerity and holiday cheer and spirit to it. It is very well done. And how you decided how to do all that, like who got to read what, that in itself was really something. Oh, so, yeah. Let thank us know. You. So, and thank then you so much. A, and then tell us about where we can see it next. Oh, great. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was, it, we, uh, as a group at Metro Theater Company, were thinking, you know, w- what we do is live theater on stage for young people and families. And so that involves gathering people together. And it was very clear we couldn't do that this year. But we we were trying to think of something that would really make people feel connected both to each other and to the holidays at a time when it's kind of tough for a lot of people. Um, And A Christmas Carol is... Well, it's a classic story that everybody knows, um, and a lot of people have a tradition of either seeing it on stage or watching a film version. And we thought, well, maybe this would be a way to really try to get people to connect, you know, something familiar that feels good about the holidays, but in a new way, with a new kind of twist. And we started thinking about the community we serve in St. Louis and all the wonderful people here who so generously give back to the community and as we started brainstorming the ball started rolling we thought well in our ideal world who would we have and we thought well obviously the actors and teaching artists that we work with but then maybe also the first responders who have been such an important part of this year and then we started talking about the 
people who are in who are famous in various ways uh, in St. Louis, both TV stars, film stars, and uh, our sports heroes. And we thought, how great would it be for a kid to see one of the Cardinals reading a story to them, you know? And so that's how the idea came about. Um, and then um, I edited the book, which is about three or four times as long as the reading, um, <laughs> down to fit within an hour. Uh, and we started to ask people. And it was just so amazing the pe- that so many people said yes. We started this thinking we might have a dozen people, maybe 15, maybe 20. And, and as you said, it's well over 30 people, including, you know, both baseball players and and TV people like Ellie Kemper, who has been so generous and Sterling K. Brown and Christine Brewer. So we have opera, we have baseball. What is not to like about that, right? Well, <laughs> also, also the fact that it's a story being told in a different kind of way. And yeah. that's what makes theater so fresh because even though it's not a live performance, I'm sure it was a... And interesting, uh, especially in these current times, I'm sure it was interesting to uh, produce. Yeah. And it it really, um, part of, I think, the fun of watching it is that you don't know who's going to be reading next. And also, everybody is in a different location. So a lot of people are reading from their own living rooms. Uh, a few people recorded in a studio, but not that many. Um, and some, we have one person who lives in St. Louis, but is taking care of her uh, grandchildren in Hawaii. So she was outside with a palm tree. Um, so, <laughs> so, you know, it really, you get this feeling of, um, and, and that's in the novel. It's not, we, that's not included in this particular adaptation, but, there is a section where Scrooge and one of the ghosts go all over the world and they see people in all different locations. Um, and each of them in their own way is celebrating the, their togetherness and, and re, you know, that kind of feeling of renewal that, that comes um, with a family gathering at this time of year. And uh, I think that that's one of the sort of, beautiful outcomes of being able to do this is that we get that feeling of it being the whole community across a wide variety of people and places. And so it was really fun to work on and theater people work on Christmas Carol a lot. It's Mm -hmm. a perennial favorite Uh, Metro. This is the first time we've done it, but um, this was a totally new way of looking at the story and thinking about it and sharing it and and, and a way that reaches i think grandparents and kids so that that was our goal and so i'm pleased with the fact that we seem to have thank you julia people now joe what was your favorite part gosh um i would say for me the moments in the uh in, in the project where everyone comes on screen together i think were really powerful and fun because there are 36 folks. Um, and, and as Julia said, these are people from all backgrounds, but really what I think 
they all share in common is over this past year that has been so challenging for so many, these are people who have helped us sort of find the best of ourselves, right? They've, they've helped us to laugh. There's a number of really wonderful um, folks from the media that are part of this as well. These are people who have, you know, t- held truth to power, told us the stories that are happening, given us hope in, in, in understanding the facts of this, this challenging year. You know, there are athletes that we've cheered on that give us joy. Um, and, and, you know, there are so many doctors. We had a firefighter. We had an essential worker that was part of this. People who have, you know, just by living their lives and doing what they do have kept us together. So those moments when you see all 36 faces together on screen um, reminds, I think, anyone watching uh, of of how beautiful this community is. And you can kind of look at that screen at once and realize, oh, I remember when I saw Sterling K. Brown in The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel right when quarantining began. And gosh, that made me so happy. Or I can remember when I saw Ryan Michelle Bate, who's his wife, who's uh, in a wonderful show on CBS right now, All Rise, say, gosh, when that came back on the air finally, that gave me hope and connected me back to something that I loved. You know, the, seeing Ken Page in this, you know, you, you stop and you remember watching The Nightmare Before Christmas every year and what joy that brings, whether there's a pandemic going on or not. But you might remember seeing him do something amazing for, you know, the, the Muni summer shows this summer online. And, and I think every one of these people have brought such such happiness to us that to see them all together at once is, is really special. Well, Joe, do you think the nightmare before Christmas is a Halloween or a Christmas movie? <laughs> I believe it is a rare dichotomy. <laughs> You're correct. That is the correct answer. It is both. Well, I really enjoyed the sound because there is a violinist from the St. Louis symphony who enhances the production, and it's nice to see him at the end. Uh, and I wrote his name down, and now I'm going it's, to... Uh, it's a Sean, Sean Weil. Sean Weil. Uh-huh. Yeah, he's yes. both with the symphony, and he's one of the 442s. So uh-huh. he's part of that great ensemble with Brian Owens and a whole bunch of people whose names I should be able to come up with spontaneously, and I'm failing to do. <laughs> <laughs> and I love the parts where somebody... I had a, the book... And they were reading it to their child or a grandson or like a, a Lamar Mosley had his daughter, Niall. And yes. she's cute as a button. <laughs> and she gets a great line. And then there's John Mozalik, uh sitting next to the fire. A, fi- a fire's going on, and he's just like this warm sage reading it, you know. And so it's it's different personalities. You see different types of, of people that in a different setting. Yeah, I think that's what's really fun. Um, and Charlie Brennan was there being a being I fun, and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had a lot of familiar St. Louis faces, uh, and uh, Justin Willman, who's a magician. Oh, he was so he adorable. Was delightful. Yeah, he's just—he's just such a personality when he reads. You know, he, he has this uh, buoyancy that just came through. Yeah, he—he he reads. He reads that part near the end when Scrooge, you know, is talking to the boy with the turkey, who he's trying to send the turkey, you know, to the Cratchits to surprise the Cratchits, and. Um, I think it's so wonderful is that Julia did such a beautiful job of matching the readers with these passages that just 
suited their personality so beautifully. Uh, Ju- Judith Ivey is in this. She's a two-time Tony Award-winning actress who went to school in Southern Illinois in Carbondale, which is kind of her St. Louis connection. And she does the, the Fezziwig party. And it, there's just such warmth and, and generosity of spirit to that. Just seeing, seeing um, Sterling and his wife, Ryan, uh, sort of do the, uh, the the Christmas present Cratchit scene together um, it is delightful because they're you, you you can tell that they're a couple that loves each other just like Mr. and Mrs. Cratchit are a couple who <laughs> love each other. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I was, it, they were really they were really fun to see together because yeah. you don't see them together and they just had a rhythm that was great. Judith Ivey went to my college, Illinois State, at some point, so she must have transferred or something because. I saw, when I was a freshman, she was a senior and I saw her in a production. And then afterwards, I always paid attention to her and I always wonder where did she go because she's so good. And, and she won two Tonys. I know. Went to Broadway. I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She was yeah, last and nominated she used to be in on TV. She used to be on TV. She's yeah. A, she's yeah, done but, a bunch of TV and she's doing stage. Plenty of stage work as well. She actually, she, people know her from Designing Women. She was in the last season of Designing right. Women. Um, but, um, but she's, she was last, uh, Tony nominated for The Heiress on Broadway uh, a few years back now, maybe 2013, something like that. So she's, she's wonderful. And there's so many people who call St. Louis home, even if St. Louis was their home for two years, four years, or the greater St. Louis area was their home, and they still carry a piece of that in their hearts. And that's so many of those folks were, Willing to jump on board with this was was truly really special. It was, little, um, the, the the pediatric ER doctor just made me tear up. You know, I mean. Yeah. But go 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 ahead. What were you gonna say? Oh what no, was I was just gonna say the the violin piece that's under Judith Ivey's Fezziwig party is um, that Sean while it's playing is Sir Roger de Coverley, which is the tune that's mentioned in the novel. That uh, so we we added that back in. That's faithful little... to the original adaptation. <laughs> That's a little a little tidbit for any Dickens you know nerds out there. Easter eggs. <laughs> well, the thing was, I signed up for this, and and you give people a window. Like if they can't right away start it, they have till a certain time period to see it. Mm-hmm. So they can stop and rewind and they can, you know, if they've got to go to the restroom, they can get up. And and uh, so you give them a time frame, which is I thought was really nice because sometimes I have to see things right then. And then sometimes like I'll purchase them and I'll forget, you know, like <laughs> or, you know, like it's going on like, oh, my gosh, you got to sit down and watch this now. Now or I'm not going to get to see it, you know, make your own so. intermission. Yeah. So uh, what is the next of viewing or what's the next showing? The next window. So there's, there's one more broadcast. We did this on uh, Thursday, December 10th. Um, and then we broadcast again on Sunday, December the 13th at 2.30 p.m. Central. And everything you were describing, Lynn, is true. We're trying to kind of recreate that sense of um, having a smart TV, right? Because nowadays you can you can pause what you're watching on primetime television if you want to and then come back to it when you've taken a, a restroom break. So we, we didn't want to, uh, we didn't want to provide anything less than what you could get from network television, uh, with <laughs> this. So it starts broadcasting at 2.30. It's just over an hour long, but the broadcast is available through 5 p.m. Central on Sunday. So, you know, you, 
you could almost watch it twice if you wanted to in, in that two and a half hour window, I suppose. Right, and so it's only an hour. It's only an hour long, Carl. It's only an hour. So, what if I came in at four fifty nine? Could I still get in? You could get in, but it would close out at five o'clock. So it's a <laughs> we, we, there's very smart technology out there that's smarter than all of us, and right. it makes sure that um, it's it's time limited. And we tried to keep it time limited, you know, for a lot of reasons. One to help create a sense of event, so people know they're watching it together in that moment. Um, it's not just a YouTube video somewhere, um, but also you, because we, we want to protect everyone who's part of the project. And if you leave something like that on the internet for weeks, someone's going to figure out a way to rip it off the internet. And we don't, we don't want that to happen to any of the, the great people we're working with. So it's a, it's, it's a way to help protect the artists too. So go to, buy, go, go to Metro metroplays.org. Metro M-E-T-R-O P-L-A-Y-S dot O-R-G. And uh, that you have a special DVD that you are um, selling, and it's and it will help. It's because it's fifty dollars, so it's like a donation to the company as well, right? Right. So it's, it's free to watch the broadcast. There's no cost. People are welcome if they wish to make a donation to make a donation, and you can know that your donation is helping to make sure that Metro can continue to reach young people and families in this current year and for years to come. And as a thank you for anyone who makes a donation of $50, we're providing a commemorative DVD of the broadcast. So you can watch this as part of your holiday traditions and your families this year and for, for many years to come. If you want to be even more generous and make a donation at the $250 level, there's a whole holiday gift package we'll send you that includes the DVD as well as a pair of very handsome hot cocoa mugs and some uh, delicious St. Louis made hot cocoa mix from our friends at Cacao Chocolates. Uh, over in Maplewood. Oh, nice. Well, that's good. That's good. Did you have any input on their background? Because so much of it is so festive, you know, like well, the trees. Yeah. What we asked is that they think about telling a story to someone they love and setting up their space in the coziest part that they have. And from there, everybody just did their own thing. And I thought, I was, when I started seeing the videos, I was very moved by how far everybody went to make it as fun and Christmassy as possible. And we mentioned Julie Tristan. I think she gets the prize for the most Christmassy setup of anybody. Yeah, it was. And then, and, and then her dog Mason was there and people had pets and Christine Brewer had her grandson and her dog. Yes. And our um our COVID nineteen ER doctor from Barnes Jewish had her dog and cat with her as well. So it was uh it was great. Uh and that's part of what makes it so much fun. And it was fun for us when we were putting it together to see all the creativity and joy everybody had in trying to share something with uh the rest of the community for this. It was really it made my Christmas. <laughs> yeah, it was really nice because there was a lot of fireplaces and a lot of very comfy reading chairs. Mm-hmm. So know, go so. to metroplays.org and you can get it and it's going to happen again on Sunday. And I now, highly recommend it. Now, we are going to talk movies, but one of the movies that is opening up this weekend is actually a play, and you people probably know people that helped produce this play because it has a major St. Louis connection. Let Lynn saw 
Lynn saw the prom. <laughs> the prom. Yay. Mm-hmm. Yes. Now, have, have Julia or Joe, have you seen the prom? I have not, but I've heard so much about it. Um, I remember seeing a number from it in the Macy's Thanksgiving parade last year and thinking right. how exciting it would be um, to have that kind of deep roots in St. Louis because a and- lot of the production team was here. Yeah, it and was the, supposed to be here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, yeah. Well, it'll it'll come back. It'll come back to the Fox. It, it starts. A, it starts. It's supposed to start a national tour end of February in 2021, but we'll see. You know, yeah. a lot of things have been moved back. Like it was supposed to be on tour. When was going to be at the Fox? I think it was going to be at the Fox. It, it like now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. La- last so, se- last season. It's right. going to have a it's going to have a long shelf life as a stage musical. Yeah, and, and I uh, think it's- now it's on Netflix for everybody to see, but it's still playing at Plaza Frontenac and also Marcus Ronnie Cinema just in case people want that big you know, big screen experience, but that before you go, I want to say last year for Christmas they did it's a Wonderful Life as a radio play, and it was delightful. And one of the best things about going to see one of their shows, which are usually at the Grandel, is they will have a talk back afterwards. And because it's young audiences and there's a, usually a lot of children mixed in with the grown-ups, the actors are so good at talking to the kids. I love watching how they respond, like the kids will raise their hands and ask questions, and just how they respond to them, like opening. It's just delightful to see that interaction between your company and local kids. Thank you. It's really important to us that 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 experience of that real connection with the actors and what's going on on stage and and that going to the theater going to any arts experience can really open up dialogue between people and i i do i agree with you our actors are really good at at having honest and um uplifting conversations with young people and i can't wait to get back to that once this is behind us and we can be on stage again so so but, if, and a lot if of those, to, if they go to metroplace.org, they'll see what you're involved in, what's coming up, what you hope yes. to accomplish. Yes. Yes. We and have a lot of some virtual, classes. virtual classrooms right now. Yes. Virtually, we have virtual mm-hmm. plays and virtual classrooms happening. A lot of residencies and schools that are virtual. Um, and we are still planning in April to, uh, do the very hungry caterpillar show live. So um, we're going to be at the Kirkwood Performing Arts Center. That's oh. a brand new center there. And we had intended to do it inside. But if that's not possible, we will do it outside. So April might be a good time for that. Yeah. yeah. And we're thinking that's a, that will be a really joyous thing to be able to all gather together again, even if we have to be socially distant outside. Well, before we let you go, we've been asking all of our guests the same question. What have you seen that you recommend to people that while you've been in the last nine months of quarantine? Julia, you first. Ladies first. Oh, I'm going to let Joe go first. All right, Joe, you first. (laughs) Oh, dear. (laughs) I have to admit, so much of what I've seen, I've seen on Netflix and Hulu and Amazon Prime. um, That's acceptable. 
<laughs> rack my brain for all the good things that I have seen. Um, let's no, see. When, when, when somebody asks you, hey, what should I watch? You, you have to have a stock answer. So what well, do you tell I, them? I enjoyed, I enjoyed The Queen's Gambit. I'm sure that everybody, a lot of people have said that. Were I you a fan thought, of the book? I did not read the book. so I. Does um, it make you want to read the book? Yeah, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> um, I also, I watched Jingle Jangle, and I thought that was fun to have a brand new kind of take on a Christmas, you know, huge scale musical. Mm-hmm. So that was fun, too. I have to watch that. Larry Price said it was awesome, so I figure if he says so, then. Yeah, and um, this is, again, trivia, but uh, the young man who plays the inventor at a young age was the original actor in um, playing Cassius Clay in the and in this corner, Cassius Clay, when it was really? originally adapted in Nashville before we did it here in St. Louis. So that's a little really obscure side note. <laughs> that's okay. Joe, well, you have an answer, I, Joe. I haven't answered. So I'll, I'll give you two. They're polar opposites. Um, totally delightful. Not something to watch with your children. Um, uh, sex education is adorable, but probably like you got to be 16 or 17 to tune into that one. But it is, it is, it is so warm and sweet. Um, and, uh, Julian Anderson is in it and she has been in everything I think this year that has been remarkable, but she plays, um, this young man's mother who is a, Mom, yeah. uh, she, 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 she is a sex therapist and it's, the, the gist of the series is it's very challenging to be a young man being raised by a parent who was a sex therapist. Um, <laughs> so that, that, that was very entertaining. And for something that is, it's a little bit darker, um, but brilliant, I think. The, the Netflix series Dark, I thought was wonderful. Um, but it's a, uh, it, 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 it's something that will, will stay with you a very long time. And, um, you spend a lot of time making sense of all the things going on. If, if you liked Stranger Things, you would probably like Dark. It's just that it's German, so it's a little darker than Stranger Things. <laughs> <laughs> you will <laughs> like it. <laughs> but it's it's pretty brilliant storytelling. Um, yeah. And it's the kind of thing you probably can only do um, right now in, in, in that space. So would totally recommend those. And there's been so much great digital theater, too. It's just that so much of right. it is up and is gone. So it's sort of yeah. hard to to recommend to see something when, you know, it, it aired last month and it's, it's not yeah. available on streaming services for the world to find, unfortunately. Oh, somebody has them because, you know, the Muni kept saying, oh, yeah, we have more stuff. They, they kept finding more stuff as the weeks went on. <laughs> so someone, <laughs> yeah. someone has a master copy of it somewhere. Another foreign language one that I, we really enjoyed um, is the Korean series Crash Landing on You. It's no. uh, it's uh, it's really fun. It's on Netflix, and okay. um, uh, somebody recommended it to us. It is subtitles, so it takes a little bit of getting used to. But uh, for somebody like me in the theater who is interested in character, there's such really fun, funny characters in this. It's about a, a um, high-powered businesswoman from South Korea who accidentally, and this is not giving anything away, it happens in the first part of the first episode, accidentally crash lands in a parachuting mishap in North Korea, 
and is sort of oh. rescued by a soldier. And then it goes from there. It's really fun. Wow. And hilarity ensues. <laughs> and hilarity and some really poignant and and other moments happen. <laughs> just a nice introduction to a, a d- totally different genre that I wouldn't have watched before now. So it, it was fun. In, in the spirit of hilarity ensues, I'd be remiss not to say this would be a great time to watch Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt as well. Not yes. just right. because Ellie Kemper is in our Christmas Carol and is an incredibly kind generous and wonderful human being, but that's a story about someone basically. Yes. (laughs) She's on your website. She, she stares at you with the Christmas caroler in in her hand. (laughs) She posted on her Instagram and we, and it got five, 15,000 plus. Yeah. I think it's up to close to 20,000. Like, I mean, it's it's, so many of the people involved have been so wonderful and people are watching this truly all over the world. But, but, to me, what's sweet about that show, about a breakable Kimmy Schmidt, is here's someone who's had a piece of their life kind of taken away from them. I don't want to give anything away if you don't know what the <laughs> show's about, <noir>. right? <laughs> but um, and they're and they're they're kind of re-entering the world. And I actually feel like we're all going to have some sense of that in the next few months once we're all vaccinated and we're all able to resume life. And yes, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of you know bad that can happen when you're separated from people uh, for too long. But there's so much joy that comes when you get to reconnect with those people. Yeah. And I, I think that some of that sort of resilience and joy and fun that's part of that story is going to mean a lot to a lot of people um, now and, you know, in the time to come. So if you haven't gotten to see that, you know, su- support St. Louis's own Ellie Kemper and, and give it a watch. She's, she's, Truly wonderful in it. There's a reason she got nominated for an Emmy. <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh yeah. And the last one, I, I, that is such a good comparison about being such a fish out of water because we are going to have to adapt to a lot of things. Mm-hmm. But uh, the last one is that special the the movie with uh, Titus Burgess and John Hamm and Daniel Radcliffe is the prince that she's <laughs> going to marry and he's wonderful. But it's separate. And I tell people. You don't have to go through all five seasons of the show to enjoy that. <laughs> yeah. You can pick it up. You can pick it up. So. That's great. Yeah. So, well, and then. Thank uh, you for being on from, with us. Yeah. I mean, that's just, you know, but thank you so much. And it's, I, I'm, I'm sincere about this. It's really a wonderful thing. And I know it took tons and tons and tons of work to pull it <laughs> off. Well, it's, thank you. In, in the for spirit watching, of COVID, really we glad. yes, we 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 put a lot in, and we put a lot in in a short amount of time. <laughs> two months ago, I don't think we knew we were doing this project. So. Well, maybe not quite two months, but yeah, <laughs> two and a half. <laughs> short, a short amount of time, uh, less than it would take a, to do to launch a normal production. Yes, that true, is true. true that indeed. is true. Even I, a holiday yeah. production. Well, bravo and merry thank Christmas. You. Same to you. you. Yeah. You too. Thank you. Can you. enjoy your holiday season and stay safe. Yes. Same to yes, you. Thank you. Too. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Bye. Bye. All right. So, Lynn, let's talk about the movie we were talking about earlier, The Prom. <laughs> you didn't want to say anything about this because you didn't like it. Well, I like some parts of it. There are moments. But I produced that my review is online today at Webster Kirkwood Times and everybody can see what I said in print and I stand by it. 
Ryan Murphy sized it to be over the top, very extravagant, exaggerated. It pops with color and pizzazz, but he just, and I know if you didn't watch Glee for six seasons, and he really gleed it up. And I okay. think the show is so, it's very big hearted and it's splashy musical and it's a it's an original musical comedy, so let's applaud that because it's original. It's not a jukebox musical, and it's not you know adapted from a movie. So it's real, but it's based on a case in Mississippi in 2010 when a high school girl wanted to bring a girl as her date to the prom, and the school board was like, nope. And the ACL, the ACLU got involved. Well, this concerns these Broadway stars. They're very self-absorbed and vain. And Meryl Streep plays the biggest diva. And James Corden plays her buddy who they were just in this production of Eleanor, the Eleanor Roosevelt story. And it yeah. flopped. It flopped terrible. So their friends, Nicole Kidman, and then Andrew Reynolds is this out-of-work Juilliard actor who's bartending. They they come up with this plan to go to Indiana, small-town Indiana, where this girl wanted to go to the prom with her date, and they said no. And they their celebrity activism will get them favorable publicity, and they can get back on top being stars. So they descend on this small town in Indiana – But in Ryan Murphy's land, it's not so small town because they have a big mall. And they have, like, where they stay, the motel looks like a Hampton Inn with a big lobby and stuff. So it's not like, you know, a podunk city that... It's not Mayberry. Right. And that's what the play was. The local connection, uh, besides Jack Lane being one of the producers of Stages St. Louis, and he has won two Tonys along with Mike Isaacson for Fun Home and for The Humans. Uh, so he is a well-known Broadway producer, and he runs Stages, and he's a great guy, and you know him. And uh, he, and then there's other people involved, too, from Belleville and St. Louis. In the production. Okay, so they didn't have anything to do with the movie in terms of Jack is listed in the credits, but nobody else is. And really? uh, Yeah, and they didn't really have access to the, the show. I was talking to one of the Belleville producers, but they did get to see it the same time I did at the premiere November 29th, which was for the Actors Fund and Broadway Cares Benefit. And... um so I don't know what they think. Nobody's really talking about it. Maybe today they'll be talking about it. But the lyricist and co-book writer is Chad Bagelin, who is from Centralia, Illinois. And I have interviewed him multiple times. Great guy. Very clever lyrics. His music collaborator, Matthew Sklar, writes peppy, fun. The songs are fun. There's this one, It's Time to Dance, that will get you dancing. And... <laughs> Andrew Reynolds does this song in the mall called Love Thy Neighbor. It's really good. And then the girl that plays the high school lesbian, Joe Ellen Pellman, it's her debut. And she's very good. And she has an acoustic song she sings 
called Unruly Heart, and it goes viral, and she becomes known on the Internet. And it's very good. So the music is really good. Chad and Matthew have been nominated for Tony's. They did an adaptation to The Wedding Singer, which is a really fun musical. And they also did the adaptation to Elf as a stage show. I saw that. I believe it's Stiefel. Yeah, it's been, uh, you know, it's been around the block. I saw it on Broadway and uh, Wayne Knight of of uh, Seinfeld played Santa. Yes. But Beth Level was in it and she was also on Broadway. Now, the prom was nominated for seven Tonys, didn't win yes. any. No. But Chad is a six-time Tony nominee because he also did the lyrics to Aladdin with Alan Menken because of Howard Ashman untimely passing right right so chad was asked to meet with alan menken and he did and so he did new lyrics to aladdin so chad's doing very well he is also one of the producers of this film but it's all ryan murphy and if you don't know who ryan murphy is nip tuck fx glee american horror story american crime story boys in the band the normal heart he is a big hollywood juggernaut Yes. But he also has He's a member crazy, of the gay mafia. Right. He also has very distinctive trademarks. Yes. Extreme, over the top, and he does this here. He well, directed it. For fans of the musical, even though even though it didn't come to St. Louis, did they do a new song? Cuz normally if you do a a a motion picture production of a musical you add a new song so that can get nominated for an oscar right i i believe you know i should have checked this before that today's show i thought i heard a different song and i thought oh i wonder if that but when they were rolling the credits because i was involved in this q a afterwards they didn't roll yeah the complete credits and then i forgot to go look but i'm pretty sure there's a different song in there that's added now Meryl Streep is fine. She's 71. And, and she, she can sing. We've seen her sing in Mamma Mia. Right. And she plays a diva much like Patti LuPone. Uh-huh. And she's fine. She's fine. She carries it off. She's and Meryl she Streep. Has, yeah. And and uh, Nicole Kidman plays this chorus girl, Long Legs, and she has this number that's that's in the manner of Bob Fosse and the song is called Zazz, but Ryan Murphy shoots it so that you don't get that full Fosse effect. Cause you know how, how Fosse style is so distinct and they move in such a way. So we're getting lots of shots of hands and feet and it's weird. You know, it's just, it's just like, I don't know, but you know, Nicole Kidman's actually fine in it. I was surprised. And I love Andrew Ronald. So he was, you know, great. But James Corden has to play this flamboyant gay performer. And James Corden is straight. Mm-hmm. So there's that. And a lot of people didn't like him in Cats, so they're bashing him for this. I don't think he's bad. I just think that the the guy that was nominated for the Tony, Brooks Ashmanskis, was so perfect as Barry that it, it just – so I'm not going to bash Corden like other people, but I'm just saying the 
that guy was perfectly fine and he was Barry and Beth Level was really great as Dee Dee. So Ryan Murphy wanted the marquee names. Now for the high school principal, it's Keegan Michael Key and he's very good. Right. Who knew he could sing? Did you know he could sing? I did. Well, they they parodied stuff on Key and Peele, but they didn't like have him do musical numbers. Right. So he plays the liberal high school principal who's all for Emma getting to go to the prom. And Carrie Washington plays the head of the PTA who's very militant and very against gay people. I understand. And uh, her daughter in the movie is the one who Emma wants to take to the prom. Da, 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 da. I know. And she's closeted. And she is played by Ariana DeBose, who is a real rising star. She was in Hamilton in the ensemble. But you would notice her. Okay. If you went back to look at the... Was she uh, the bullet? She is. Okay. Then, yes. That's that's her character. She's the bullet. And then she is going to be Anita in Steven Spielberg's remake of West Side Story. Da, 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 da. So she's going to be a big deal. So I she think- plays the high school girl. But I do think Ryan Murphy, for the sake of his big marquee names, who he's so enamored with, um, the girls get short shrift. He did a disservice to the original play. Okay. And I do think I do think when you see it, it has a lot of heart and it's got a good message about tolerance and inclusivity and acceptance. So there's that. I mean, that's wonderful. And so more people are going to see it on Netflix because of that deal right. that Ryan Murphy made. Ryan Murphy was a gay kid growing up in Indiana who didn't know there were others like him. So that's why he wanted this to be his passion project. I and I, I get that. I just think that we'll have an opportunity to say the stage show, and I think it's going to have a life of its own. Like, I think it will be produced in high schools. It will have, you know, it's going to have a long shelf life. Good. Now, I just want to say that I have seen nothing this week because I thought movies that we're going to be talking about were actually opening up here, but they are not opening up here. So did I, like Minari. We both watched it. Mm-hmm. And, we both liked uh, it. it. Yeah, and they said uh, limited release December 11th and then wide February. And uh, so I looked, I really did look at all these showtimes everywhere. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, where is Minari? And we did the same thing last week with Nomadland because everybody was asking me where it was. And I said, oh, it's a Pleasant Frontenac. And they go, no, it's not. So mm-hmm. it's supposed to be Lincoln Cinema um uh, you know Lincoln Center Cinema had a virtual uh mm-hmm. like like from December 4th to December 11th you could sign up to watch Nomadland virtually but it was sold out but you know you could get on like a list I think but we love Nomadland so much yep. and now we reviewed it Kent and I put it in Webster Kirkwood Times there's nowhere for people to see it yet. Well, Minari's not going to open up until January 26th in St. Louis. So that's too bad. And, and then also, uh, Wonder Darkly, a movie I did not care for. I know, which I tried to watch, but my my uh, connection 
was not helping, and I only got the audio. Well, that would that would not have helped you in the movies. Um, but it's out elsewhere. It's just not out here. No, and I, I, don't, I don't know if it's video on demand. It doesn't look like it because I uh, believe me before this show, I go and check all the lists now, especially, mm-hmm. and I comb to see where it might be. I have noticed the St. Louis theaters, some of them are just open now on the weekends. Did you notice that, Carl? I did not notice that because I have not been to one. Right. Well, if you go and look at like Marcus theaters, AMC mm-hmm. theaters, that some are only open on weekends, but most of them are showing Christmas movies. I get it. Yeah. I understand. Everyone, like half the, half the, uh, the, the, the cinema, you know, the multiplex, half the auditoriums are shown Christmas and Die Hard. Die Hard's the big one this week. Well, you know, someone said to me the other day, like, why is it just Die Hard? All, first of all, all of Shane Black's movies take place at Christmas. Lethal Weapon takes place at Christmas. Uh, Gremlins takes place at Christmas. There are a lot of other non-Christmassy Christmas movies that take place. And like, like Shane Black, uh, Iron Man 3 is a Christmas movie. So there are a lot of non-Christmassy Christmas movies. A lot of movies, there are only 12 months in the year and, and a lot of movies take place at Christmas. Uh, uh, she's got to have it takes place at Thanksgiving. So there are lots of other movies that take place in that are not, not they're non-traditional Christmas movies. So I didn't see Wolf Walkers. I'm going to, I was waiting to see that with my daughter because she's a big fan of that animation. I didn't see I'm your woman because I, really wasn't that into it and i didn't see wild mountain time did you see any of those movies i saw two of the three and i started one of them and i'm not done <laughs> okay so go ahead all right wolf walkers it has been getting a lot of buzz as the animated front runner for the yes. awards for at year's end and yeah it is what it's billed i will say that it is by cartoon saloon and they have done three Irish folklore stories. The first one I saw was Secrets of the Kells, Secret, The that. Secrets of the Kells, which was really good. Was. And then that was 2009. It got beat by Up, Pixar's Up, oh, for the wow. Oscar. And then 2014, they came out with Song of the Sea, which I didn't see. Did you see that? I don't know if I did or not, but I li- I like their stuff. I like their stuff. Um, this movie came out in certain theaters in October and then it, then it was cause it was out in Europe cause it was in the, the Toronto International Film Festival. Right. And it was, it was, it's, uh, it was a surprise winner at the AFI Fest mm-hmm. and it's been nominated for Gotham Award for International Feature and the Critics Choice Association Super Awards, which I'm a voting member. We just had our, we just had a turn in our ballot, but that won't be announced till January. So the two young actresses who play the little girls, they were nominated for best actress in the animated movie and then the movie itself. Uh, uh, Song of the Sea was defeated at the Oscars by Big Hero 6. Which, which Disney announced a sequel series to called Baymax. 
Uh-huh. Well, so, uh, but let's talk, let's talk about Wolf Walkers. It's, uh, it's a, another superstition magic-y type of story. Right. It takes place in the Dark Ages. And in Ireland. In Kilkenny, Ireland, 1650. And Sean Bean voices this dad who is a, a monster of a dude. Mm-hmm. And he has been hired to come to this village to kill wolves. Because wolves are sinister and, uh, the townspeople are all afraid of them. And it's this little village and, uh, the animation in this, I gotta tell you, besides the storytelling, the storytelling is very deep for an animated movie. They concentrate on the two girls. There's the daughter that, uh, the wolf hunter brings in and she's all, I want to be a wolf hunter apprentice. And, and then there's the little girl in the forest who is a wolf walker. And what wolf walkers are, are these are people who transform into wolves at night. Oh, so werewolves without the full moon. Right. And they're not evil, but people think they're evil, but they roam the land and it's very magical. And so there's, they're both, uh, you know, she's redheaded and they, you know, they got red. And so she's spunky. Um, the, the, the English girl, Robin is very spunky or mm-hmm. plucky. She's more plucky. And the young Irish girl, who lives in the forest with her mom, she is very spunky and they meet and they become BFFs and uh, it's about them, but it's also about nature, preserving nature. And the evil dude is voiced by Simon McBurney and it's based on Oliver Cromwell. He's called the lone protector or the Lord, the Lord protector. And he wants to get, wolves out and he's very much against political dissent the wolves become a character like they're the outcast the outsider okay you take on that but the animation is so gorgeous your daughter's just gonna love it because it looks very pen and ink drawn it has watercolors it has charcoal this is not i mean i'm sure they had some cgi at some point but it looks very uh, authentic in terms of old school. Okay. Which is really nice. The people are drawn with a lot of shapes and the exaggerated and then the, the townspeople are more buffoonish, cartoonish and, uh, but when they get into the forest and the natural beauty, it's, it's gorgeous and then it has this Celtic sound, Celtic Mm-hmm. Celtic soundtrack that's just gorgeous and it's written by the same guy who did the previous two movies. Uh, Tom and, Moore. Uh, well, uh, his name is Bruno Coulet. Okay. He's a French guy. He did the compo- the. Oh yeah, the Bruno Coulet did the, did the music, but Tom Moore was the director. Right. Tom Moore and Ross Stewart. Ross Stewart. And this is their third film and it's just deeper and richer than the previous two, which were fine. Mm-hmm. But this just has a, it just, when you're watching it, you just feel like it, this has a special quality. Like, this is very sincere, and uh, I was just entranced by it. It's very gripping, the story, and there is peril, so I don't think little kids should see it. Okay. Because That's a, that it, is a fair warning. Yeah, I, and it's a PG. Okay. So that, but it's so beautifully rendered, and then with this rich storytelling, and then also the beautiful music. Aurora, are you familiar with that Norwegian singer? I am not. 
Well, her song, Walk With Wolves, is in it. They've redone it for the movie. But it's just it's just really fun. It just transports you to a different time and place. Well, nice. All right, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a stab at it and say you watched I'm Your Woman. Uh, no, I started it and <laughs> I had a, yeah. I, I, I took a stab and I stabbed, I swung and miss. So yeah, tell us well, about Wild Mountain Time. Well, I, I will, but before that, I'm Your Woman is on Amazon. And what happened was my link didn't work. Mm-hmm. But so now it's on Amazon Prime. So I started watching it. But then, you know, you do have to have some sleep besides just movies all the time. Oh, quiet you. You watch <laughs> movies and tell people about them. Wild yeah. Mountain Time. What's about that? Okay, well, this is getting trounced by the critics. <laughs> and I'll do your I just, best. I'm going to defend it, parts of it. I mean, parts of it are like you roll your eyes. Seriously. You're like, That's how oh, I my. felt about uh, Scanner Darkly or Wander Darkly. But there are parts that are charming. and uh, So Wild Mountain Time is written by John Patrick Shanley. And if you're not familiar with that name, he wrote Moonstruck. Oh. And he wrote Doubt. Oh, yes. With, a, now he wrote the play or did he also, was the, the movie was basically the play, right? Right. Yeah. He did both. So, so he has, he has a Tony for Doubt and he has an Oscar for Moonstruck. Right. As a writer. And right. so now he so, just needs to write something for television and he'll, uh, have the writer trifecta. Right. So he, um, it's based on his play, Outside Mullinger, and this is in County Mayo. I'm not Irish, so, you know, forgive me. Another but, Irish movie? Yeah. This is like Ancestry.com got together with the Ireland Tourism Bureau and made a movie. Because Ireland looks gorgeous. Like, mm-hmm. I can see people immediately watching it and putting Ireland on their bucket list. I've been to Ireland. My daughter was a baby and she threw up on my wife. We had to buy, we, we had to buy a shirt that says Ireland at the airport. <laughs> we, we flew Aer Lingus. And they oh put- yeah. Well, you see shots of Aer Lingus in this. John Hamm is in it for a small but integral role, mm-hmm. but he plays the American cousin. So this is the setting. Amy- Christopher Walken. It's very okay. So these two, People that are meant for each other live next door to each other. Emily Blunt plays Rosemary Muldoon and Jamie Dornan, who is really Irish, plays Anthony Riley. And they are meant for each other, but he's got, he's convinced that he's cursed by some family curse. He's very awkward. He is a handsome dude, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, he is. so he has to play this shy and awkward guy, and he he does it. And then uh, she is very headstrong. They both live with a parent. They both lost a parent, and they live with their older a parent. And they're taking care of the farms. So they farm, and it's very folksy, and it's very broad caricature of what you think Ireland people are based on Lucky Charms and the Keebler Elves. And they drink a lot, I'm guessing. You know, well, not not so much really, but it's more about family and tradition and their their superstitions and and that. Okay, so Christopher Walken, who has the worst Irish accent, <laughs> oh, 
Oh, my God. Okay, so he is going to sell the farm to his brother's kid in the USA. Is and that nobody, John Ham? And that's John Ham. And nobody can figure it out. So John Ham comes all swaggering, very slick American. He rents a car at the airport. So he drives into this farm with a Rolls Royce. Okay. So he, he's a very fi- farm-like. No, he's a financial man. He's, you know, one of those financial guys. And he's like Jamie Dornan and hates like, him right like, away. It was like Jamie Dornan in Fifty Shades. Right. And he hates him right away. And he's like, you don't want to own a farm. You just, no, you don't want a farm. You just want to own a farm. Well, and him so, so that kind of puts... Jamie Dornan in, you know, mode like, oh, I got to do something because John Hamm takes a shine to Emily Blunt. Like, who wouldn't, you know? And so, so there's that. And I'm not going to spoil it, but okay. it's a romantic comedy that has its charms. And if you want to be real cynical, you can trash it all you want. But I found that the people tried really hard and I liked their characters. Some of it is just kind of wobbly i would say and it's getting really trashed by irish people <laughs> <laughs> but it is beautiful to watch um I, I i just want to say quickly that i did not like wander darkly i knew how it was going to end within the first five minutes i really enjoyed minari i i steven young did an amazing job with a broken accent I did not get to see Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, even though I really want to. And I didn't get to see Midnight Sky. So those are coming out. The last two are coming out in the next week or so. And everything else I have not seen. I will watch Wolfwalkers by next week, though, because my daughter really wants to see it. Right. Well, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, I did see. And I will say Chadwick Boseman will break everybody's heart. Oh, that's too bad. It's oh, it's good. It's, he's he's really good. Okay, but I don't understand them pushing him for best actor. You think I think it's a supporting be, role. I yeah, I think he would be a shoe in for supporting actor. Like no questions. Like like the competition's over. But I think going up against Anthony Hopkins in The Father, which is being touted as the front runner, as well as some other people. I don't Delroy know. Lindo. Yeah, see, I just, and uh, Viola Davis. How is Ms. Davis? She's very good, and it's a very different part. It is based on August Wilson's play, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Right, because that was part of the Decade series? Right, the Pittsburgh Cycle, and it's the one set in the 20s. Denzel Washington is a producer, and he has committed to doing every play of it's either called the Centennial Cycle or the Pittsburgh Cycle, and he did Fences a couple of years yep. ago with Viola with Winnie, Viola Davis, supporting actor actress, and then on Broadway she had won Best Actress. Yes, she did. But they moved it to supporting just for her. So uh, anyway, I've only seen four of August Wilson's plays on stage thanks to the local black rep, mm-hmm. the oldest. I mean, which is the premier. African-American theater in the U.S. And they have done the Pittsburgh cycle and received an award from the August Wilson Foundation, and they're doing it again. So I have seen Fences. I've seen uh, which which won our uh, St. Louis Theater Circle Award 
for best drama. And I've seen Two Trains Running, fabulous. Uh, Seven Guitars, fabulous. And um, The Piano Lesson, which, oh, it's really good. It'll break your heart. Oh, yeah. So, but Chaswick Bozeman plays his trumpet player, Le- Levy. I want to say Levi, but it's Levy. And he is going, he's a rising star. He's a trumpeter. He, he mocks the, the old guys in this combo that back Ma Rainey and they are in a recording session in Chicago. And we go from there. It's very much a play because you can't do much outside the four walls of the recording studio. But the guy who directed it, August C. Wolf, not August, George C. Wolf, he has a relationship with August Wilson, who is now deceased. Yes. And so he's the perfect person to do this. And so I watched a Q&A with Viola Davis and George C. Wolf, and I'll talk about that next week. But Netflix likes us to review the movie when it drops on Netflix. Rather but than it that, it's out. In, this one is actually in theaters. Right, it is. And it's in December 18th. And now today, Midnight Sky started places. I have a mixed reaction to the movie, but I accidentally, well, didn't accidentally, like I started it again. So I thought, you know, I'm going to watch it because I had a lot of questions when I first watched it. And it made more sense. But Clooney, the look of him, he plays a 70-year-old dying scientist. And we haven't seen him since, what was that, Money what was that with Julia Roberts? Money Monster? What was that called? Yeah. 2016. Wow. That was a long time ago. Yeah. So when you see George Clooney on, on screen, you're like, oh, He's old. oh, you know, and it's, it's very different, but it's got a really good cast and it says a lot about, it's based on a book. So if you want to see a space movie on a big screen, now's your chance. Because it starts on Netflix December 23rd, which is my birthday. Yes, it is. But uh, Clooney did some unusual, interesting things. And uh, we watched a Q&A with him. And now I understand a lot more of the movie. But I always overthink sci-fi. Do you do that? I do that. I'm always... Well, it depends on how good it is. Yeah. Well, it's a very dense book, I would assume. But what's interesting is this young girl who plays, um, her name is Kaylin Springall. That's her introduction. And she's wonderful. And then Gregory Peck's grandson, Ethan Peck, plays George Clooney as a young scientist. Ooh, really? Yes. And so that's interesting because Gregory Peck's grandson you know, and he's very, he's very handsome, dude, I must admit. But you know what else is in theaters, Carl, which we haven't seen? What? The Godfather 3 Coda. The Godfather Coda. It's not the Godfather 3 anymore. Okay, it's the Godfather Coda. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. Now, I love telling people this little piece of trivia about myself. Godfather 3 was the first movie of the Godfather series I saw. <gasps> Oh. <laughs> and people all have that same reaction. Oh. oh, man. Man, I, well, you know, because I'm old, I saw them when they came out at the right. theater. And Godfather Part 2 just blew me away. Unbelievable. And then they did that thing where they cut both of them together. So I always listen to The Godfather Saga. Right, which is brilliant. But 
you know, the past couple of years, everybody thinks we're living in Godfather. And so it makes sense. No one has tried to kill the Pope. <laughs> I do think that, um, but the Fredo stuff is very good. Mm. But um, I do think three, a friend of mine saw it and he texted me and he said, it's way better editing now, but there's still Sophia. A lot of people did not That's like fine. her. But people people like her more now now that she's actually a good director right right and um and also um we have two video on demand and the stand-in i was gonna watch it last night i just ran out of time and then so, assassins i didn't see that and, one. Oh, i did watch the dissident though and i i i forged through it because i it's really well done. The Dissident is really well done. It's the Jamal Khashoggi story, and it's it's he's in it a lot because you know as a journalist working all over the world, he was well documented and gave a lot of interviews. I I don't even know when the Dissident opens up, but I I think it will be nominated for a lot of things come end of the year. Well, that's what I'm hearing. Uh, they did not have it for us before we voted for the Critics' Choice Association Documentary Awards, which is said, but we did have Kingdom of Silence, which is the Alex Gibney one, which is very good, but everybody says this one is better, and it uh, it Well, I don't know that. It's Brian Fogel who did Icarus, and he won an Oscar for that, and this this doesn't open up until another one that doesn't open up until January 24th, so they're they're, Um, they got moved slowly. Well, it was supposed to be December 18th, and then they moved it to Christmas, so now it's January? Yep. Okay. According to the internets. Okay. Well, then, uh, Assassins, which is video on demand right now, you can go to your platform. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is about the two women who killed Kim Jong-un's half-brother at the airport. And it's fascinating. It's about were they pawns or were they really hit women, you know? Like, because you see that they have the footage of them going right up to the guy. Yeah, and killing him. Chemicals. And right in the middle of broad daylight of everybody. So this is a fascinating documentary. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, if you have time and you want to go there, I know right now people really want escape. And that's what I'm saying. Right. That's why it took me, it took me a a lot to start and finish dissident. Right. Because it is, I don't, I wasn't in the mood to watch the Jamal Khashoggi story, uh, that when I first started, I'm like, Oh my, I, cause I didn't know what it was about. And I started and I said, Nope, I am not in the mood for this. Yeah, it's um, and, and I understand and, and and I'm glad I watched it and it was very well done. It, you have to be in the mood for something that's just going to bum you out. Right. Well, tomorrow night on HBO, 7 I'm p.m. I'm watching this so much. It's the Bee Gees documentary. How do you mend a broken heart? And I cannot wait. I love me the Bee Gees. Oh, yeah. And it's supposed to. Be very thorough. Chris Martin and Noel Gallagher of uh, Oasis. Oasis. They're among the topping, talking heads. Very complimentary. It goes into their, you know, growing up in Australia, their dad sent a letter to Brian Epstein asking him to take them on during the British invasion. Yeah. Beatle mania. 
and he handed him over to Robert Stigwood. And he and Robert Stigwood made a lot of money because of that. And the rest, as we say, is history. They're Ar- just they awesome. made our our RSO Robert Stigwood right RSO and- RSO Records with the pig that the Bee Gees were it RSO Records. And uh, they're more than Saturday Night Fever. So yeah. this is going to be good for people to be refreshed. Two of the three have sadly passed, Robin yes. and Maurice. One died in 2003, and I think the other one 2012. And then Barry's the only one yes. that is alive. And he's been doing interviews about well, and, it. And also Andy died, too. Yeah. and uh, that Andy died is, first. Yeah, in the 80s. That was really sad. So it's very interesting. I hear it's really thorough and revealing, and I cannot wait. wait. I love the Bee Gees. Everyone says, you're a rock guy. How can you love the Bee Gees? I grew up and love the Bee Gees. I will say it, and I am not ashamed of it. I love them. Oh, no. I have their greatest hits CDs. You know, the, the They're two- more than people. just that. I know. I know, but I'm just saying I had albums of theirs growing up, but then in my older youth, I mean, my older years, I just bought the two disc CD. Cause Spirits, it's, it's, Spirits Having Flown is good on its own. Yeah. And then we have The Stand is coming on Thursday, the Stephen King remake that's a little too close to home. Yeah. And, and then the, uh, Hill, the Hill documentary, I actually watched... It's it's a shorter version. I watched it uh, either Sunday or Monday when it was on. It was Sunday. I watched it Sunday on PBS, and the I it is it's it's interesting to see what they cut out. I think there's a brand new beginning to it just for public television, but it's also chopped up so they could do their uh, breaks. But the uh, pledge breaks do have an interview with the director, so. Joey Puglia. Yeah, uh, it's a little more insight. And if you give them money, I think it's $60, you get a copy of it. So, Well, the last chance to see it is Sunday, December 12th at 3.30 p.m. No, that's Saturday. It's Saturday, December 12th. Oh, yes. I'm sorry. Saturday afternoon. Saturday, December 12th at 3.30. That's your last chance to see it. Unless you buy it on the Before it goes to Amazon. That's what I'm saying. Like, you know, Channel 9. you got to sit through the pledge. But that now this Tuesday, December 15th, video on demand will be another local favorite at the Cinema St. Louis. Uh, it's Beast Clawing at Straws. It's a Korean neo-noir thriller with black comedy. And it won the Audience Award at St. Louis International Film Festival. And it also, Max loves it. Yeah, and it also won the Joe Pollock Award for Narrative Feature. That we gave up, the St. Louis Film Critics. Yes. Our buddy Max says it is well worth your time. I hear, I just hear nothing but raves about it. So that is on Tuesday, video on demand. And then also Tenet comes out on video on demand. What do you Maybe think you can that? understand it if you watch it at home. <laughs> I hear the, I hear the DVD has all sorts of bells and whistles that really help you understand it. But then why would you have to watch a whole DVD of special features just to understand a movie? Yes. You know, and I, I, I can uh, predict right now, it's not gonna, I bet it doesn't even get five nominations. Uh, it might, it might get some technical ones. 
Yeah, I would think I would think some technical ones, but and there's so little action out there this year. Uh one show that we did not review that is video on demand already this week, like Tuesday, December eleventh, is called The Very Excellent Mr. Dundee. What is that? Crocodile Dundee comes oh, back. Wow. Sorry. I did not know anything about it. Yeah, Paul Hogan. And get this cast. It is Mel Gibson, Chevy Chase, Liam Hemsworth. It's a who's who of who cares. I mean, really, like, yeah, it's called The Very Excellent Mr. Dundee. What it's To me, that's very sad and pathetic. And, I, and you know what? I like some of those people. So what I said was not fair. It it might have been funny, but it was not fair. And I'm sure it is a wonderful movie that they did not show to us. <laughs> and also, uh, a, well, um, a movie called Songbird, which Michael Bay did. And I'm guessing the Songbird blows up. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know much about this. I think we got an email about it just like in the past week, but... Michael Bay did it. Yes. And as we close out this show, I was on the four and a half hour call for the Disney stockholders for the Disney investor meeting. And Lynn, what did you learn? Lynn, I apologize. How many messages did you get when you set down the phone? Uh, because I oh, was instead of, about, yeah, probably uh, about 50. Instead of live tweeting, I was just texting friends because I was told by, since I'm an investor, um, I was, uh, I was privy to some proprietary stuff that the regular people were not allowed to see. So I was trying to be careful. So I will be invited back, even though, well, these people are doing this. Well, I, I'm a, I, I'm a stockholder and I want to keep making money. So I, they had, 10 Star Wars announcements. They had 10 Marvel announcements. They had 15 Disney Pixar announcements. They had a whole bunch of uh, Nat Geo stuff. They had some FX. Actually, I thought FX gave an amazing proposal. They Their their presentation was really well done. And Bob, but they had both Bobs out there. They had Bob... Uh, Bob C and Bob I, and they were all out there and they were giving all of the things that we're doing. So you've probably heard most of them so far, but you know what? It's, it's good. It, it, it makes it look, me excited. From what you, um, yeah. From what you uh, tw- uh, tweeted, it, I mean, not tweeted what you uh, texted. texted. It was a lot of uh, content, but also, um, they made headlines today. They have 86 million subscribers so far. Yeah, they thought it would be around 30. So almost triple in a year. Yeah. And uh, they've got some exciting news in the in the Marvel Universe, in the Star Wars Universe, and just their, their the animation. And yep. uh, I, I was intrigued. One of the small nuggets is... Lynn Manuel Miranda's project um, is is he has several projects. He, he's he was mentioned several times. The yeah. the main thing is from the Disney thing. They're pivoting towards most everything is going to be on Disney Plus. Not like not like HBO Max. HBO Max said their entire slate is going to HBO Max. Warner Brothers said everything is going to be on HBO Max. 
Disney is still going to do stuff on all platforms, including movies, Disney Plus, and Disney Disney Plus Premium. Hey, you just saw on Mulan this week. What did you think? I did. It was good. I still missed Mushu. I'm glad what they did with the music. Um, it's the first of the Disney remakes that's PG-13. So um, it's it's it doesn't need to be PG-13, but people die, and I understand that's why it's PG-13, but it's bloodless violence. and So I'm guessing the little kids wouldn't want to see all those people get killed. Right, which is good. Um, but I still miss nope. Mushu. Real quick, in the St. Louis world of holiday activities, the Fox has extended its Dickens of a tour to after Christmas. So there's more opportunities to see that. And obviously that's a hit with Laura Teeter, Lara Teeter and, Mm -hmm. um, Larry Pry. And then, uh, we have the Muni doing holiday magic. Yep. And they're going to announce their season, which means does that mean that they're going to try to do stuff in person? Um, I have the press release that's embargoed till Monday. So um, I think I'm just going to say, I think I'm okay to say this. It's a full season. They're planning, which, which they, you know, one seven shows mm-hmm. okay. uh, later start time. I think okay. I can say that. I hope I can say that, but it's going to be, uh, it's exciting. And I think they're doing it smart. And I think, um, uh, people will not be disappointed if, um, and I think people, is it the same ones that were canceled from this year? (laughs) Okay. So, uh, yeah. So anyway, uh, they are announcing that Monday and, uh, then they announce when the tickets will go on sale and all that kind of stuff. But, uh, the way they explain everything, I think people will get behind. Okay. Well, Lynn, hope you have a happy beginning of Hanukkah and thank you all for listening. Thank you very much. We really appreciate Julia Flood and Joe Fowler coming on. And Carl, you have a wonderful weekend. How many movies do you predict you're going to see? Uh, maybe three. I'm going, I'm going for four because I have to vote in the Alliance of Women Film Journalists nominations oh. on Tuesday. So I'm going to go for four. I think my, family- one night in my one night in Miami I have to see before I fill out any ballot. I hear that you should see that. Yeah. Well, I, I think I'm going to watch Soul and Wolf Walkers this weekend with my family. Good idea. I have to see Soul too. So, and then yeah, and then I I'll watch something for myself. I don't know what, but I, something, something for myself. Well, I think that it's we're getting into crunch time, and we have to make priorities. Yep. So, uh, everyone, have a safe and happy weekend. And uh, support local. And uh, we will, um, Clementine's, just as a matter of fact, if you need a Hanukkah dessert, they have a a challah or challah bread, bread pudding that is unbelievable. So just want to put that out there. So stay safe, support local, and bye. Bye Bye-bye.